Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. The Major League Baseball season is underway, and uh, we have a great chance to talk with our friend Tim Kirkshin of uh, ESPN. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how was your off season? Uh, <laughs> it was busy. It's one of the great misnomers, the off-season in baseball, because there is no such thing anymore, especially with our young, hungry executives. Everyone is trying to make things better, get a you know get that big free agent, whatever. And with all the rule changes that we had and discussed, uh, it was a very busy winter, and that's why I'm just so pleased that we're going to actually start playing games to count starting today. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about what's the most significant um, things we have we're seeing at the start of 2023. And I want to uh, let our listeners know we are taping on opening day. So just to let you know we're doing that. We, we are seeing rule changes, probably the most significant rule changes of our, maybe since the introduction, the, when the mound was lowered in 1969 and the introduction of the uh, designated hitter into the American League in 1973. We have a pitch clock. We have infield shifts banned. We have a limited number of pickoff attempts. We have bigger bases. We have all the teams playing each other. What is, I mean, to me, I think probably the two most significant ones are the, the clock and the shift. Uh, how good is it we're, we're actually going to see the elimination of the infield shift? Well, I think the shift is exceptionally important here, and it took me a long time to figure this out, but Mark Teixeira convinced me this is good for the game. Look, we, we have too many walks, too many strikeouts, too many home runs in our game today, and not enough in between. We need to bring back the value of the hit, and maybe maybe the, the change in the shift will do that you know so many big especially left-handed hitters come to the plate they look at the field and there are three if not four guys lined up over there and the joey gallows of the world say well i i can't hit it through there they're standing there so they say i have to hit it over the shift and that's where they try to elevate the ball that's where the home runs come from the walks and strikeouts come from now maybe when these big left-handed hitters especially come to the plate and they see i can hit a hard ground ball up the middle and get a hit here i can hit a hard ground ball to the right of the first baseman and get a hit that's what we're trying to get at is more balls in play more hits more running more athleticism and i'm hoping that the shift rule is is going to accomplish that. Now, I'm not sure we're going to go from 243 as a league at 260 or anything like that. Yeah. But we need to we need to get away from too many walks, too many strikeouts, too many homers, and the shift might help with that. I mean, I went to a game last year in Philadelphia to see the Padres and the Phillies, and Manny Machado, a third baseman, was playing out in the outfield and caught a 
a, a, a pop-up, which you know would normally be a fly ball. I think it was a foul out, in fact, that he caught. It's like that to me. That's that's not baseball. I grew up in an era when you didn't have infield shifts. I mean, if you have outfield shifts, I understand that. Not a big deal with that. But you're 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 robbing these players of you know they they put the ball in play. And spots where you normally think there'd be a base hit and ends up, you know, the shortstop's playing in shallow right field. And yeah, I just, that's not baseball. I mean, I, I, you hear critics say, well, they should, you know, try to hit the other way. No, I mean, they, they, I think the, the shift got over, just got over exaggerated to a point where it just took the fun out of the game. Yeah, and I, I blame the industry more than the players for this. The industry told these, especially these big left-hand hitters, we don't want you to hit it the other way. We want you to get the ball airborne to the pull side. We don't care about a single to left field. We want a home run to right field. So we have this generation of hitters who have been taught – by their teams, this is what we want from you. Now to ask them to completely change what the industry has encouraged them to do and say, all right, you have to start to hit it over there against the greatest pitching anyone has ever seen. This is the hardest hitting environment, in my mind, in baseball history. I just don't think it's fair to ask our hitters to change the way they hit and then try to go out and get a hit off of Jacob deGrom. It doesn't work that way. That that's why the shift hopefully will work. And now that line drive to center field that's been a hit for 140 years is going to be a hit again. And that's a good thing for baseball. I mean, you look at Kyle Schwarber, the Phillies. I mean, he led the National League in home runs. But it was batting averages, I think, under 220 last year. That, that would never happen back in, back in the, early, the 70s and 80s. Right, and Kyle Schwarber had a great year. He's a team leader. He plays on my team every day. But you're right, he had 218 and struck out 200 times. But he still had a really good year because of what he's being asked to do. Now I think the ask is going to be a little bit different for our players. Let's steal a few more bases. Let's get on base a little bit more often. Let's run. That's the, These athletes are unbelievably talented right now. I've never seen this many big, strong, fast, young players in my life let's watch them run let's watch them play let's watch them show that athleticism yep another big rule change is the pitch clock it's finally here and it's been used in the minor leagues uh it seems to yeah it has taken a lot of time it took a lot of time off in the uh, spring training games i mean how much of a factor is this going to be uh with pitchers having to uh, basically be a pitch in 20 to 30 seconds yeah, I, I covered a bunch of spring training games. I did three games from the booth, so I watched it real carefully. And I am really amazed how well the pitch clock worked in spring training. We shaved basically 26 minutes per game uh, off of the time from last year. And I, I'm astonished that the players adjusted as quickly as they did, especially the pitchers. I thought they would have a much harder time. It's the hitters that had the harder adjustment which now i understand but the, the, the most important day for me was a week into the games aaron boone the manager of the yankees told me in a game i was doing in the booth that day he said we played a game in orlando yesterday they didn't even have a pitch clock there because they didn't have the technology and we still played in two and a half hours because our players were already conditioned to let's get in the box Let's go. And as long as the players are conditioned like that, 
I think we're going to be okay in the regular season. With one warning, of course, the games matter now. Yeah. And if you strike out on a pitch violation or you lose a game, on a pitch violation we're going to have an uproar that is going to be heard everywhere so let's hope let's hope these players have learned this is the game we play now well there was one game in spring training early in spring training between the Braves and the Red Sox that ended on a, a clock uh, violation so <laughs> I mean I, I don't I hope it doesn't happen but it, you, you may see it happen and uh, we'll see how that adjusts but I, yeah I, because you and I grew, you know followed baseball in the era when games were over if, if game went Two thirty back then, back in the seventies and eighties, that was too long. Uh, you know, I, living in Philadelphia, going to games and at the at Veterans Stadium, if Steve Carlton's pitching seven thirty start. You'd probably be out of there by nine thirty. Right, and I, I don't think we're necessarily looking for shorter games. We're looking for better games. And if the games are move quicker and there's a better pace to it and there's less dead time to it, I think we can all agree that's better for the game. We don't, we don't need every game to be two hours and 15 minutes. Some fans will get there and say, I was cheated. I'm used <laughs> to being here for three and a half hours. I'm just saying when things move quicker, the game is generally better. Yeah, uh, the one thing, I, one rule I'm, I'm not thrilled about, but I understand uh, is the limited number of uh, pickoff attempts that they can make. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Is, is that sort of limiting, or are they, or they do they want to just get more speed and more stolen base attempts into the game? Yes, they're trying to get fewer throwovers. They're trying to get pitchers to stop stepping off, which you know delays the game tremendously. Um, I think this is going to raise the number of stolen bases, but I may be naive about this. I don't think it's going to raise it, you know, by a, an extraordinary number. I just think it's going to go up, but not by a lot. The pitchers are going to have to adjust. But let's also face it, you know. In the last 10, if not 20 years, the, the bench has called every step off, every throw over. So these pitchers who now uh, don't know what to do out there, well, they've been told what to do by the manager, pitching coach, whatever, uh, in the last few years anyways. And now it's up to the bench to say, all right, now's the time to throw over or step off. And yes, you have to be, you, you have to be more judicious with that. Otherwise, you might open it up where a guy has a much better chance to steal a base. Do we see the return of the pitch out because of this? Maybe the catchers will throw down the first base. It's certainly possible. Again, anyone who thinks that we know exactly how these rules are going to you know, affect Major League games, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of things going on in spring training, but I repeat, things are different when the games matter, when your batting average matters. It'll be fascinating to see if these rule changes all like go into the regular season in a smooth fashion. Of course, they have bigger bases now. Have you seen an effect with, with the bigger bases? You know, I that's the one part that I'm a little confused by. I'm certainly not against it, but I just don't see the point of this. Now, I understand the thought, all right, bases are bigger, four inches more, I'm going to steal a base. You know, Max Scherzer, who's a mad scientist pitcher, and I mean that in the nicest way, <laughs> he, he told me the bigger bases, all it means is he's got to be, instead of one three, 1.3 to the plate, which is pretty quick, he's got to be 1.29 to the plate. He's done the math on that. That's a microscopic difference. I think the, the bigger bases are going to lead to maybe a few more stolen bases, but not a significant amount. 
And I don't think it's going to be a major factor. And if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have changed the size of the bases. To me, they look a little weird and they're too big. I'm willing to go along with this as long as it works. Yeah, I think also the fact we, we see a lot of, you know, players sliding head first and they're you know sliding off the base maybe this gives them a little extra uh room to to, to slide or not and they're not falling off the base yeah well middle infielders are gonna have to i mean i talked first into the phillies about this you know do you with a with a bigger base and you're sliding head first do you get a finger stuck under the bag you get a uh, stuck under the bag because it's bigger than the old one and you know where that the bag was before so these are all little things that we're gonna have to keep an eye on and uh we certainly will and the one other change i i don't think has really gotten enough publicity is the fact all the teams are going to see each other for the first time in the history of Major League Baseball. What is the effect of that? Because we're going to see less division games, but everybody's going to see everybody. Yeah, I, I kind of like this. So, you know, you get to play against Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Every team does. I think that's good. I also think it's good that you're not playing 19 games against every team in your division. So if you're a Phillies fan, you don't have to see the Braves and the Mets 38 times yeah. and vice versa. So uh, and I think that might help. You know, teams that are in strong divisions that they don't have to see all these, and they get to go play some weaker teams in some other divisions. It's going to work out fine in the end. I think this is worth a try, and I think it's a bit underrated that we haven't looked at this and seen uh, with all the other rule changes what this, what effect this will have. I think it's going to have a positive effect. It should be really interesting to watch. I know the Phillies and the Mets played twice in the month of May in, in New York, and I think they were done their series by the July, which is, I thought was kind of ridiculous. But uh, I, I like the, like the, like this. I mean, do, do we end up calling this – should we shy away from National League and American League to maybe National Conference and American Conference since they're really, really not leagues anymore? Yeah, well, we've been we're dealing with this, you know, ever since interleague play came out, came in. You know, we don't have league presidents anymore. We don't have that same, you know, pride in playing for the National League. You know, Pete Rose used to greet guys at the door at the All Star Game, saying, "You know, we're going to beat the American League again this year." Do you understand? Uh, those, you know, it just doesn't work that way anymore. But I, I think AL and NL is fine. Let's keep it that way. But it, the the, the the pride in the leagues just doesn't exist like it used to. Yeah. There were two significant injuries in the World Baseball Classic. Um, Edwin Diaz, the Mets uh, reliever, towards Matilla uh, uh, Tendon, and Jose Altuve, the Astros, uh, broke a thumb when he was hit by a pitch. What, what is, was the reaction around baseball? Because WBC was great. I, I, I enjoy watching it, but. Having guys get hurt and, and you know Diaz lost for the season, uh, Altuve's gone for ten weeks. What is what? What do the owners think? What are those? It's, is 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 WBC a good thing? WBC is a really good thing. It was a great year before the WBC. I saw a bunch of games. They were compelling. The fan interest, the, there was so much energy, so much passion there, not just by the fans, but by the players, too. It, it was a wonderful event. Now, if I'm a Mets fan, I'm furious that Edwin Diaz is out for the year. If I'm an Astros fan, I'm furious that Jose Altuve is going to probably miss three months. But, you know, those injuries could have happened in a, in a spring training game. So, 
this is not the time to get rid of the WBC. It's time for the WBC to get even more important as we move forward. With the understanding, there is no good time to play the WBC. You can't play it during the All-Star break. You can't play it after the season. This is the only time to play it. And it's not ideal because people get hurt. But after watching that, especially the way the United States played and just the passion from all the other countries, it's a really good thing, not a bad thing. And in fact, we had Otani pitching against his teammate, Mike Angels teammate Mike Trout, with the game on the line and the championship game. That That is drama you just can't get anywhere else. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the two best players in baseball who happen to be on the same team end up deciding, you know, in a way, the championship game in a one-run game, that was drama at its highest. Doesn't matter it ended in a strikeout. It was a really great confrontation and a great moment for the WBC and baseball. Well, let's, let's talk about the season. What are your thoughts going in? Obviously, the Astros are defending champions. Uh, the Phillies are defending National League champions. Uh, they lost Reese Hoskins for the season with a torn ACL and unfortunate uh, in- injury there. But uh, can these two teams get back to the World Series? Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, the Astros have all sorts of injury issues with Lance McCullers, Altuve, as we said. You know, Michael Brantley's had a difficult spring coming back. Um, Jordan Alvarez uh, missed a lot of time in spring training. But once they get healthy, they're going to have a really good offensive team. Their bullpen is going to be great because virtually that, that whole pen is back from last year. And even though the rotation I don't think will be the same, obviously, without Justin Verlander and with Lance McCullers hurt, even though I think he'll be back, I think the Astros have a chance to go back and win the World Series. And I think the Phillies are going to be a better team than they were last year, even with the Hoskins injury. Even though that's going to be harmful, they might find a way to fill in around him because of all the other people they added. Starting rotation, Taiwan Walker. A couple guys in the bullpen, and of course, Trey Turner just gives them a new dynamic leadoff guy. Way to Way do those Phillies fans see him play every day? He is breathtaking to watch. Well, just watching him in the WBC and the homers he was hitting, I, I was excited. Uh, I, I can't wait for for him to uh, you know, to put on that Phillies uniform in, in the regular season. That's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, for my uh, area with the Mets and the Yankees, uh, what are their? I mean, the Mets had a great year until uh, until September. They lost to San Diego in the wild card. The Yankees got the American League Championship Series and lost in in a sweep by the Astros. What are those two teams? Are they significant contenders again? Yeah, I think both the Yankees and the Mets are going to the playoffs this year. Now, again, the Mets, I thought, might be might be the best team in baseball until Edwin Diaz went down. I thought the Yankees might be the second-best team in the American League until you know a bunch of guys in their starting rotation had some physical issues. But I think the Yankee rotation will get healthy. Severino, Rodon, the rest. And, and when they do, I think this is going to be a really good team that has a chance, certainly, to win the division, and I'm confident the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. I'm confident the Mets are going to make the playoffs also, but that is a really good division with the Braves and the Phillies. So we just have to see how the health goes for both teams moving forward, Um, but it should be a good year in New York for both the Yankees and the Mets. Let me ask you your division winners and your wild card picks. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to say in the American League, 
I'm going to say the Yankees are going to win the division with Toronto and uh, the Rays from the East as wild cards. I think the Guardians are going to win the Central. I think the Astros will win the West with the Mariners um, from another wild card team from the West. In the National League, I think it's going to be three teams out of the the, uh, East. I'm going to say it's the Mets win the division. In a really close race of the Phillies and the Braves, two wild card teams. Cardinals win the Central, and the Padres win the West with the Dodgers as wild card. Wow. <laughs> it is really dangerous, though, to make picks. Uh, what's <laughs> going to happen in October when it's March the thirtieth and we haven't played a game yet? But uh, we're all asked to do this, and uh, uh, I'm never really wild about doing that. But I'm doing the best I can. Who, who's going to the World Series? Do we see a repeat of 2022 in the World Series? Uh, I've got the Astros playing the Padres in the World Series and the Padres winning. But wow. let's understand, I could change my mind tomorrow because that's <laughs> how unpredictable this beautiful game is. Well, Tim, as a Phillies fan, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> well, anything is possible. The Phillies showed uh, an awful lot of heart and grit last year. I was so impressed. And with some of the things they've done and they get Bryce Harper back, maybe even the middle of June, uh, that's going to be a really good team in October again this year. Yeah. Well, Tim, appreciate a few minutes with your insight, and uh, we'll talk again soon as, as the season progresses. Okay, Ken. Thank you. You can see Tim Kirkshin on Sunday night on uh, Baseball Tonight prior to the Phillies-Texas Rangers game at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Well, I'll be back in just a moment to wrap up the podcast and have my picks for the 2023 division winners and wild card entries. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hey, this is Schenectady's own Damon Bruce, but I'm out here on the West Coast now as host of David and Rado on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. I got Linton, Linton. Lytton High School in my DNA, but I did graduate from Notre Dame Bishop Gibbons. And you're listening to the King of Schenectady Sports Party Shots Podcast with the Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Back to wrap up the podcast, and I'll give you my selections for the division winners and wildcard participants in the 2023 Major League Baseball season. Let's begin with the National League, and I'm going to go with my Phillies in the East. Uh, the guys that got to the World Series last year, a great playoff run. Uh, they'll get Bryce Harper, Harper back uh, sometime this season. No Reese Hoskins, unfortunately, but uh, they got Trey Turner, and I just, you know, he was swinging the bat well in the World Baseball Classic. And, of course, Kyle Schwarber, the defending National League home run champion. So uh, the Phillies will win the East. St. Louis is going to take the Central, and the Padres will win the West. Uh, My wild card picks will be the Braves, the Mets, and the Dodgers. 
Over the American League, the Yankees will be on top in the American League East. Uh, the Central will go to Cleveland, and Houston will win the West. And I think all the wild cards are going to come from the East, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Baltimore. So that's going to be a fun uh, year. I think the American League East and the National League East are probably the top two divisions in baseball. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch this season. Well, I thank you for joining me on this edition of the podcast. I'd like to thank uh, ESPN's Tim Kirkchin for coming on. And always great to chat with him. And hopefully we'll you know catch up with him as the season progresses. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Slapshots uh, for... Uh, uh, my uh, thoughts on the Phillies and uh, Major League Baseball and other fun stuff, of course, Union College Hockey. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can email me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I am Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good baseball.